Hi guys, it's Hanny here, just doing a little pre-show announcement. To celebrate reaching 10 episodes of Archive Admirers, uh, we're planning to do a little uh, Q&A in a few weeks time, and we would love to have some audience questions. So if anyone has any questions about how we make Archive Admirers or how we think the show is going, anything of that kind of sort of nature, if you want to send us their questions at our Gmail, which is archiveadmirers at gmail.com, or send us a tweet, or you know any of the socials, Tumblr, t- Twitter, whatever, um, we'd love to have them. Yeah, uh, I don't have much more to say. Uh, get your COVID vaccine, stay safe. Delta variant's pretty bad. And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was uh, a lot of fun. All right, see you. Hey, oh, thanks for recording the most recent episode of Hyperfixations because we also use Craig Martin. Uh, he kept yeah. just leaving. Uh, like, you yeah. know, he did it once for us. He did it like four times, and we kept oh, no. having to like put him back in. So there's like four different recordings. Oh shit! When was that? Okay, I bet that I better like actually go and download the rest of them before they're lost. Oh god. <laughs> Oops. Well, a good thing we reminded you of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome to Archive Admirers. Come for funny <laughs> Magnus Archive discussions. Stay for Nigel live-tweeting his mental breakdown. <laughs> oh, it's also hi there. Like the live-tweeting. It's like the live-tweeting from fucking, um, like a good six months ago as well. That's the funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when this is, when this episode airs, my thesis will be long done. Um, I'll, I'll have my diploma. Probably. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Trinity just elected its first lady provost, so I'll be one of the first people to get the diploma from a lady, a lady provost, which is a uh, cool. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the social media post on the Trinity socials with George Salmon? They said, "We hope he's rolling in his grave." <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, poetic cinema. So, for for you guys who don't know the the why we're celebrating George Salmon, Mm -hmm. so he was the former so provost is like president of the college, so like the head of the college, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, uh, like a hundred years ago, like famously said that like I'll die before I let women into the college. (laughs) There's There's a picture of him. There's not a picture, sorry. There's a statue of him in front square, just beside like our big bell tower summary. thing. Um, it's because he's oh, a provost, and like, that. yeah, you've definitely seen it. So it's like a tradition in Trinity where um all the female graduates on the day that they like get, you know, we do the big fancy ceremony. You wear your fur robes, you you sign your name in a little Latin book, you know. Um, you mm-hmm. go and take a picture with that old Georgie boy. Um. <sighs> So yesterday, when uh, the provost got elected, and, and it's a woman, her name's Lydia. And also our, the head of our student union is also a, a woman there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, hell yeah, get fucked, George. Um, Girl boss. Girl boss. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm like, have I ever said ruggets? <laughs> what? No. No, no, no. Ow. 
Um, but yeah, you know, Trinity nonsense. That's just that's that's the subtitle for this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trinity banter. Trinity bants. I'm gonna take a gap, yeah. The only engagement I've had with the concept of Gap Year was there was a show that was on, like, Channel 4 a couple years back, and I didn't watch it, I just saw the ads for it, and it looked, you know, it looked kind of funny, where it was about this group of college students taking a Gap Year and, like, backpacking through Asia or whatever, and they get up to, like, a load of shenanigans or whatever, but there was one clip in the trailer that I sort of co-opted into my speech, and I repeat it. Sort of like in the opposite way that your man in the trailer says, but like mm-hmm. you know, like it's just from this random series I'd never seen where he's complaining. He's like, "This beach is bloody bobbins, bloody bobbins." <laughs> and I'll and now when I want to say something is really good, sometimes I'll say, "Oh, this is bloody bobbins." <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing I find funny language is, is a myth. <laughs> language is a myth. Um, <laughs> You're not. You're doing. You're doing more harm than good. Yeah. The only brother's... thing I know yeah. about like gap years is the stereotype of like those Americans that go on a gap year and then they come back and like, oh yes, I've been to Paris now. I only eat croissants anymore. <laughs> you know, like the people here that yeah. go on Erasmus. We yeah, we don't really have a gap year. Yeah. I think literally almost yeah. everyone goes straight from high, high school. school to uni. Yeah. yeah. We see we have a pseudo gap year, which is um, the way it works in Ireland. So you go to like a primary pseudo school. gap year. Yeah, <laughs> I that's what it is. I no, but I've never ever heard anyone refer to it as that, and now I'm going to refer to it exclusively as that. Thank you, yeah. Hannah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, where it's like so, from like age five you start school, right, and then you go to like primary school. So from like five to twelve, and that's like eight years. Um, and then you go to secondary school when you're like 12 and that's kind of like our equivalent of high school mm. and from like 12 to 15 you do you're studying for the junior search which is like just kind of it's like kind of like the GCSE but it doesn't mean anything it's just like a practice yeah. run from our our actual college entrance exams which are the leaving search and you do that from fifth year to uh sixth year but there's a year in the middle that's called transition year. Like that's literally the year, the name of it. And it's um, it's basically a year of okay, you're about to start two years of like intense study and then like go to college, figure out what the fuck you want to do for your life. Um, it's great. I mean, that's you know? that's pretty solid. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I think yeah, the closest that we have is like the Erasmus program, which is yeah. when you're already at university and then you're and still studying. Yeah, you go study abroad for like a semester or a whole year. You can choose. Yeah. No. Um. No. Ty is good. That's the, what everyone calls it because like, it's kind of a thing in it that everybody does work experience. So you'll do like two or th- like two weeks in. Like a lot of people like go to like just you know their old school or whatever. Um. But a lot of companies and like colleges will do like cool programs. So like I know I went to. Um. The, like there's a university in Tala which is like a place in Dublin um, so I went there and did like a week of their like undergraduate science course just to be like this is what science is like if you actually want to do it in university mm. and it convinced me not to do science in university fair um, fair yeah because <laughs> so I was like I don't give a fuck about moles I don't know what they are <laughs>
everybody who is listening. This is The Archive Admirers, your podcast about all things the Magnus Archives. I don't know why I'm doing this intro like I'm a late 90s talk show host, but we're just leaning into it. On my left, metaphorically, is my <laughs> co-host, begin with, Nigel. Hello. Oh dear. <laughs> Beside them, Faust. Hi, I just really like how you said hello everyone who listens as people who aren't actively listening to this would ever hear you speak. Um, <laughs> including people who can hear you when you don't speak, don't know how that's going. My third and final co-host, Elka. <laughs> Hi! So, for those who have not listened to the show before, what we do here is, each week, or each episode I should say, because we release bi-weekly, we listen to an episode of Magnus Archives, and then we come together to discuss it first within within the context of just the episode, and then we do a general kind of spoiler discussion. Uh, this is our tenth episode, guys. Ooh. Amazing. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought it, guys? Not me. Um, no. So, we're going to start off with doing a little summary of how the episode's gone so far, and I'm going to send it over to Nigel if you want to take it away. Yeah, hold on a second now. So this is uh, episode 10, uh, Vampire Killer, which is Statement of Trevor Herbert regarding his life as a self-proclaimed vampire hunter. So basically, uh, this this story is about this guy Trevor Herbert. He's, uh, like, he's lived uh, on the streets for most of his life. Uh, people call him Trevor the Tramp around Manchester. And he's uh, said he's like meaning to pay the Magnus Institute a visit for 50 years, but just like hasn't because, you know, people be busy killing vampires and shit. And um, so they like he's kind of famous around Manchester, like people made a page about him on the Internet and it gets like a couple thousand likes. And so he's like influencer and goes to a different country during a global panicata, but that's by the by. And, um, (laughs) so he just, like, sort of comes in and drops the bombshell. I've killed five people. Just want to get it out there. And, like, they're, like, for sure those are vampires, you know? And two, they mightn't have been. And there's one that I know definitely wasn't, but he was also a criminal. So, it cancels out. Yeah, exactly. Improvise, adapt, overcome. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) He's like, you won't believe me, but I've got these vampire teeth. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> this so, is what, this is a wild, before you continue, um, was everyone's first listen to this being like, this is a wild, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, this is this insane. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this statement was fucking nuts. <laughs> continue, Nigel, sorry for interrupting. And, uh, so, like, he, he kills his first vampire in 1959, like, so... He lived like a you know like a fairly okay life, but his dad was uh, dr- like a drunken abuser, and he killed their mother uh, in a fit of rage. Uh, but the police rule it an accident. But then four months later, he drinks himself to death. So uh, Trevor and his brother Nigel, that's me, uh, get split, or well get sent to an orphan get sent to orphanages, but they're always sent to like two different ones. So they're like, nah, fuck that, we'll escape and be runaways together and so they're in um they're near this place called 
the King's Arm Hotel, and this is in 1959, and it's getting, like, really, really cold, the end of October kind of way, and this, like, elderly lady who says she's, uh, her name is Sylvia McDonald, shows up and she offers them, um, you know, like, a bed and some food for the night, and, uh, He's like, yeah, she was a vampire, but I didn't know back then. I just thought she was like a weird old lady, you know, kooky. She's just a bit crazy. Have you ever seen me not wearing this hat? I'm weird. Uh, <laughs> Is that a fucking like, Riverdale reference? Yes. God damn it! I hate that I recognize that. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, um, you know, vampires. I know now, but I don't know then. Uh, uh, that they're more animal than human, you know, like they're they're just monsters. And so, like, he says they don't speak, and he only realized this later, that she doesn't actually speak to them. She never opens her mouth. She sort of, like, says it with her mind. And he's just like, okay! Um, and so they go to her house, and it's all, like... So, like, he tries to disabuse us of the notion that vampires are allergic to daylight. Like, they can go out in daylight, they don't sparkle, they may be slightly weaker... Who knows? Uh, they go to her house, and uh, it's all, like, musty and damp. And she's, like, wearing a big, like, dry dress. And, they like, all of the books are covered in dust and mold. And, like, in the floor, the dusty floor, there's only, like, a few tracks of feet. Like, she takes predetermined paths. Like, she's a Roomba. And... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so he goes like hmm Roombas they're trustworthy unless you strap a knife to the top of them this is fine Uh, and so she shows them into uh, bedrooms and Trevor is in one and Nigel is in the room on uh, the one beside them and she brings in a bowl of fruit and it's all rotten and he's just like I don't want any and she sort of like looks at him and be like, ah, you will. Go on, you will, you will. With with her eyes, because she doesn't speak. And so he eats some, like, vaguely palatable apples and grapes. And she just watches him like a fucking weirdo. And uh, so, like, she she leaves to go out to Nigel's room. And, and Trevor realizes, like, the, the, he's sort of been under, uh, like, a compulsion. And he realizes it's starting to wear off. And things are a bit weird. And, like, just lies down and waits because they're locked in the house and so then like he gets up and goes into the room beside him where uh, Nigel is and Nigel is pretending to be asleep and they talk and then the door opens and Trevor hides under the bed and Nigel pretends to be asleep again and he just like sees uh, Sylvia come in and stand at the bed and uh, then there's noises of a struggle and something hits the ground and then uh, Sylvia jumps on top of Nigel uh, and like open like opens up its mouth. It's full of like giant shark-like teeth, and it's got like a big tubular tongue, and tears his throat out and drinks it, his blood, and uh, like it, it basically gorges itself on on the blood and uh, does that for ten minutes, and then uh, Trevor gets out and realizes what's dropped onto the floor is his brother's knife so he picks that up and then uh goes and stabs it in the stomach and then 
he hits off of a candle and grabs the candle and then like pushes it into her dress and she goes up like I don't know what and so she burns to death and the house burns and then he fucks off and he lives on the street for uh, a while more like a decade and he's like sort of tried to rationalize his experience to himself as oh I just like came up with this story that she was an actual monster you know to cope with the fact that she murdered my brother and so it's near the uh, this is like 1968 around when United won the European Cup and he's out begging and you know he knows that you can get a lot of money from people if they're all celebrating because they're more generous and so he goes and sees two people walking a man and a woman and uh, asks them for uh, ask them for money and the man says no you're not getting any money but then Trevor realizes wait a minute you said that with your mind vampire <laughs> and so he follows them down the street and this dude is leading the the lady along and like she's asking him questions and he just looks at her and doesn't say anything but she like smiles and nods like she can hear something that's happening so he's like definitely a vampire uh, and he's got a he's still got the knife and he gets a, a stake of wooden timber and uh, carves it into like a proper vampire killing stake and can't get into the house after them but he goes around and the vampire's on the, the bottom floor so he sees the, the vampire going to feed on the woman and chucks a rock through the window and alerts them and the, the woman breaks out of the compulsion and the vampire goes apeshit, he goes big mode jumps out the window and uh, sinks his teeth into Trevor's neck and he uh, Trevor. oh Trevor he he um, accredits the, the vampire getting up and like being like ew that's gross to the fact that he had some residue heroin left over in his system because he'd been using it on and off since his brother died and um yeah, so he, he stabs the he, he stabs the vampire and the uh, the lady stabs him with a kitchen knife and then he uh, burns him to the ground and yeah yeah and so then he's like then he's like oh yeah after that night I'm like yep vampire's a real thing and then I found a man and his name was Allard Dupont and I killed him in the 80s uh, and then it turned out he was actually a human but like you know criminals so. Boop, boop, boop. It's all equal. And he says, like, you know, I don't know what they do with their bodies, but, like, they mustn't feed that much or that often because, like, we'd know if there was, like, constantly blood bodies, uh, bloodless bodies showing up. And uh, then the statement ends. That's it. So... I first have a question, actually, while I re-listen to this. Can someone explain to me what a tramp is? Because I thought I knew, and now I'm not sure anymore. A homeless person. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's like slang it. for a homeless person, yeah. That makes more sense than what I thought it was. Yeah, it does, oh, have, it oh, does have other yeah. connotations. Um, yeah. Okay. But it's meant in the context of a homeless person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, so... Um, Trevor continues the, the trend I love in Magnus, which is um, protagonists that have brain cells. Just... Yeah. Yeah, you know. We love to see it. <laughs> we love to see it. Um, like, 
I remember listening to this for the first time a while ago, and then I, I read it before this recording. I remember like listening to it, and I alert like you know, I mentioned this when you were doing the summary. This is this is fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, no it's a wild, yeah. wild episode. Real wild. Real wild. Um. Yeah. So I, I guess the um. Yeah. No, go you go ahead. No, no, you go for it. I just want to Why say I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I listen to the episodes, I've got like a word document up and to write down all the things I noticed. And I just copy pasted a quote Trevor said because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it's I hear someone even made a page on the internet and it got a few thousand likes. I don't know exactly what that means, but it sounds nice. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, Trevor. He's that a uh, gif from. Um... Arrested Development. Good for her. Like that. Yeah, good, good for her. Like, good for me. Um, That's nice. Good, good, mm. good for me. Good for them. Um, yeah. This Trevor is quite a character. Yeah. I, I love, yeah. I, I love that, that paragraph where it's, he's like, Hello, I'm Trevor the Tramp. You may know me from such things as uh, my Facebook <laughs> thing. And being yeah. a homeless person in Manchester. I've killed a man. Several, in fact. But they weren't men. <laughs> They were vampires. Let's continue on. Except for one. Uh, one that was a man. I'm very sorry. You can give me to the police. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. He's like, you gotta, you know, you, you can turn me over to the police if you want, but I've got lung cancer, so... Yeah, it doesn't really matter now, does it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, don't feel bad about turning me in, you guys. I'm gonna die anyway. <laughs> it's me, a boy, Trevor. <laughs> I've killed a man. Um, no, multiple um the first thing that stood out to me from this is this is the first creature we've had in magnus that is the most like stereotypically horror cliche um like we haven't had wolf men or fucking ghosts um mothmen um but even like the way they've done their vampires is so freaky and unusual Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, they're not sexy, for once. I Trevor's mean, sexy. yeah, Trevor, but not the vampires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel um, like the energy this episode is extremely chaotic. Yes, <laughs> it is. Buckle down, boys and girls. <laughs> it's murder time. Also, oh my god, the way you said Trevor. boys and girls, this has nothing to do with the episode. The way you said boys and girls reminded me of a boys, like a couple kids in kindergarten, and one of them said, like, this tree is only for boys and girls. And someone's like, that's everyone. And it goes, like, no, there are some people who aren't. It's like, <laughs> sure. How woke? How woke? <laughs> yeah. Um, They're like children well, so- in kindergarten, but okay. Um. To get to the serious discussion, because that's um, supposedly what this show's about. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, supposedly. I think it's Someone a really inter- <laughs> it's a really interesting take on vampires because, like, you know, vampires are uh, like a mythological creature that has been kind of done to death. Death, and you know, they're always, as you said, Nigel, they're always sexy. Um, Bram, Bram obviously had some issues, and he took that out by writing a very sexy man that wanted to drink his blood down, and that's okay. 
Bram Stoker uh, went to the same college as us. Yeah, that's why we're on first name basis. Yeah, <laughs> we met. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, Elkin and I have to call him Mr. Stoker. Yeah, Tim um, Stoker. <laughs> Tim Stoker. Just like Tim is the same. Oh, never mind. Let's yeah. focus. And then, like you know, you have. I'm just trying to think of, because it's called Vampire Killer, right? So you're. Yeah. I think vampires are a very central thing to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, in preparation for this, I was like, what the vampire uh, canon is like. And there's a good um, EBS It's Lit about vampires, which I will will put in the show notes or whatever. Um, that kind of goes through like the history of vampires in literature. Um, oh, but I guess the other, the other famous one is um, your girl Anne Rice, an interview with a vampire. Vampire? Mm-hmm. Um, the one with Tom Cruise in the film, right? Yeah. Yes. And Which is his, Brad his best. Pitt. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, in... Louis is Brad Pitt. Yeah. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise is a married couple and they adopt a small blonde child who's played by. She's played by again? Someone who's very famous now. Who's the blonde child in Interview with the Vampire? Ignore my Googling. Um. The crunch of keys. We didn't get this uh, that week. It's just like the one that's played by name. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You? She was yes, in yes. Yeah. And um, Christian Slater is the interviewer. And Antonio um, Banderas. <laughs> really? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vampire slaps. Um, but yeah, so you've got like, you know, I think the three big vampire novels are. Uh, Dracula, interview with the vampire and its subsequent works, um, and then of course, um, <laughs> Twilight, uh, <laughs> and that's like the trifecta of like vampire fiction, and I like this because it just it's like it looks at that and it just goes no and just goes completely off in another direction. Which thank God for that because you know, yeah, but like. Like you were saying, Hannah, this episode goes to, like, very great lengths to make vampires repugnant, and I don't know whether it's, like, situated intentionally to, like, disabuse us of the sexy vampire notion, because, like, there's a lot of tradition in literature of making things sexy. Like, like with, with vampires, like you said, you've got Dracula and up to Twilight, we've got the sexy vampire trope and Milton made sexy Satan in Paradise Lost. Um, but, yeah. like, the description of when when Trevor says, like, the only time he's ever touched a vampire's skin with his, and it feels soft and giving, like, the, the flesh of a bruised apple. And, like, that's just a viscerally... Like, a, like, that freaked me out more than the description of, like, the shark teeth and tubular tongue sucking out his brother's blood like yeah mm. yeah because like I mean it might just be me but when he said like oh yeah they have shark teeth my immediate thought was oh that's dope I want shark teeth <laughs> and then like <laughs> <laughs> that would be and so cool and then, no like, that's no of... <laughs> just no you've not thought this through fast no it would be Faust, have you ever considered not yeah I... okay anyway <laughs> I think those shark teeth are really cool. And then the tongue is fucked up, right? But uh, they don't yeah. talk anyway, so it's fine. 
But then the fucking skin was gross. Oh my god. Actually, no, I don't want to be like that dude. Yeah. You're not, <laughs> not that kind of shark teeth. My main goal is to blow up and die. I'm ruining this because, like, I. Again, it related to the episode. I play Vampire the Masquerade, right? And I play Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. And one night, mm. I was like, "Oh, what could I do if I ever play Nosferatu again?" I was like, "Yes, shark teeth. That would be creepy as fuck." And now that's yeah. ruined. <laughs> no, 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 like actually, I think vampires are really good. I've also, for those who don't know, um, Vampire the Masquerade is a like tabletop RPG. It's similar to D and D, but it's not, and it's set in like a modern context. But there's like. The way they treat the vampire canon is instead of it being like, hello, you get bit, you're a vampire, depending who bites you, it affects your like abilities. So there's like 12 or 10, I can't remember the exact number of like different um, breeds or clans of vampire, and each one is kind of based on one work of like vampire canon. So you've got Nosferatu's, which are like the Nosferatu vampires uh, from... I think it's a movie or is it a book originally? I can't remember. So Nosferatu, yeah, was a film adaptation loosely of Dracula. But like the concept of Nosferatu... Yeah, so uh, I could go into like... I could go into the whole context. It's really interesting, but like I feel like it'd be better to go into that kind of thing in a different episode related to like Egypt... So I, I'll, I'll just state that it was like a, an adaptation of Dracula, but, but they couldn't okay. put Dracula's name on it. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, really kind of, yeah, you know, that uh, Masquerade's interesting because it takes that again, that concept of like the vampire canon, and instead of it being like, okay, you're only going to have sexy vampires, you're going to have ugly vampires or creepy vampires, it's like, you're going to have all of them. Some of them were sexy, some of them were creepy, some of them can do weird wizard magic. You know, we got all of it. <laughs> Come on down. Um, and yeah, it's just sorry we ruined that for you, Faust. But like yeah, at the sorry. same that's time, that's okay. It's probably for the best. Empathizing with that with that fallout boiler, letting people down is my thing, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's this probably for the best, but like in theory. The way uh, I imagine it, shark teeth would be dope. Hmm. Oh yeah. Like, I, wait, I'll I'll show you how I wrote it down in my Google Doc. <laughs> I just because I I went like line for line anytime something is cool, on something interesting, and I literally just wrote down, "God, I want shark teeth." <laughs> that was just <laughs> thought that popped into my head. <laughs> um. This is like. Yeah. Yes, I, I like it reminds me kind of because like like you said there was no there's like you know no real like staples of horror so far like it's all been like we've had fish monsters and spooky coffins and like books that can kill you um mm. which that yeah that's like fairly out there and this is the first time we've got like a staple of at least western <clears throat> literary horror tradition or filmic horror tradition and then yeah. it's like the only episode that it does this uh and it just reminds me of like stephen king because stephen king he's written like 60 something books and i'm slowly plowing my way through them but he's only ever written one vampire book and it was his second ever book it's called salem's lot it's like genuinely fantastic yes. yeah I've but, heard. it's about vampires I thought yeah it was about it's about cats. vampires 
No, oh. that's Pet Cemetery. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no, but like, he wrote that and he was like, after he wrote Carrie, he wrote Salem's Lot and it, they were like, his editor was like, if you write this, you're going to get pegged as a horror writer because he was writing about vampires. You know? I mean, isn't he a horror writer, though? <laughs> he is, but like, this was like his second ever book and he had written one about like a telekinetic girl and then his second uh, one was a spooky one about vampires and he was like, Steve, if you write this book, people are going to call you a horror writer. I hope you're happy to be pigeonholed like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, uh, and, yeah. And Rice is an author. She's, I know now no one likes her because she hates, you know, the concept of I was of just works. about to say, fuck Anne Rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Anne Rice, prob- you know, she's not a nice woman, but um, her, her decision to pick vampires is really interesting. Um, because it was kind of based on her being like struggling with the idea of like Christianity and religion, but also being like vampires be kind of sexy though, aren't they? Um, which uh-huh, is, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's I think that's an interesting thing about like the concept of vampires is that I've always been. You know, you've heard the thing, like, zombies represent whatever, like, the anxiety of the day is, and then werewolves are just cool, cute. Um, but vampires are always this, like, charismatic people that be sexy is kind of always their modus operandi. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got, yeah. it's kind it's of Thomas also, hmm, yes, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, but yes. Wait, what did Nigel say? I didn't hear. Thomas from the Dresden Files. Hey. <laughs> A sexy I vampire. feel like... No, wait, I'll let Elka finish. Well, I was just also gonna say that the appeal of vampires to me seems like it's a bit the, the seduction of eternal life. Like, yeah, that's... It's a oh, really yeah. seductive thing and, like, completely against like, most religious stuff. Yeah, and I think along with, like, the eternal life thing, it's like, these are dangerous creatures that can easily overpower and kill you, but they still look human enough mm-hmm. to yeah. have that allure. Mm. While... Which is, yeah, that's why it's interesting what, what Magnus did with the vampires, because they've taken all the, the horrible aspects, and they gloss over the things that make the vampires appealing. I mean, yeah, from a nice. meta standpoint, I think that makes sense because this is a horror podcast and these past nine episodes have been like about gross things or creepy things and stuff. So if then suddenly sexy vampires popped up, <laughs> I would kind of weird. throw them off the yeah. entire yeah. vibe, yeah. right? To divert briefly into the origin of vampires again, there's also there is a link, though, to the like bible with vampires yeah. because yeah. like Judas sort of was the original vampire when he was like the 30 pieces of silver and that's why silver is bad for vampires and like I'm pretty sure the whole reason they can't see the reflection in mirrors used to be because mirrors were silver plated or something mirrors that's kind of derived from is Dracula so, and it's interesting, this, which is like, it's vampires, and it says vampires in the, the name of it, but if the only thing that kind of distinguishes it from, not distinguishes it, the only thing that makes it be like, that's a vampire, is the drinking of the blood. And even the drinking of the blood is not, you know, it's more, 
similar to something like um, the day the not the day the earth just stood still, like the war of the worlds and the kind of the bloodletting and way the way it, it describes that kind of uh, process, where it's like the yeah. rows of teeth and like the tubular tongue. It's not your like. I bite your neck and a little streaky streak of blood comes out and then you go, ah, oh. <laughs> you know, it's a... Do you know what else has a, a weird tubular tongue for sucking blood? What? Mosquito. Mosquitoes. Ooh. Hey. Oh. Yeah. Do you know That's, what these... Yeah, I had the same thought. Do you know what these um vampires in this reminded me of? What? I, I don't know whether any of you have played Bloodborne, but people listening probably have. So there's an area in Bloodborne that that's like sort of hidden you have to get to through like a, you know a bunch of bullshit and it's called Canehurst mm-hmm. Castle and it's this old rundown castle where uh like a sect of people called the Vile Bloods which they're sort of like vampire analogs like they drink blood but they're not like officially vampires you know like canonically yeah. but they're analogs for it but there's these monsters called like bloodsuckers at the front and they're literally like almost exactly the way he describes Sylvia McDonald this there's a picture oh, of them there hell no you. Like you hit them and their stomach explodes with blood and drenches you. And like it's like look at it's got the tongue and everything. Like yeah, Nigel, that is so gross. I do. Then if you wonder okay. that, if I, well, I know Bloodborne so is um, the creators of it are Japanese. I wonder if there is a a Japanese or kind of East Asian equivalent to a vampire that isn't kind of our Western um, Dracula infused version of it. Oh, Maybe. there is listeners and you know about it, let us know. Uh, I, we're always we'll, alert. I yeah. had the thought that, like, before Dracula appeared, right? And before Interview with the Vampire and stuff, those mm-hmm. books really romanticized vampires and made them sexy yeah. and people love them and people are intrigued by them. But before them, vampires were still, like, a monster and, like, a cautionary tale right? There were, like, legends and stories about them to scare people. So I feel like this, what the way the Magnus Archives set up vampires, fits more in the cautionary tale, horror legend kind of thing than the romanticized popular. Like, it's gone back to what vampires originally were. Something I noticed as well, um, listening to it, the creature most reminds me of is the first monster that uh, we meet in Magnus in Anglerfish, where it's oh. the the way it he kind of goes like, oh, he was calling out to me, but I didn't hear anything, and that's just interesting. Having you know, when in the first very short set of episodes, I think this is like the first somewhat explicit callback to something that isn't kind of like inferred. Like, there's obviously these creatures out there that can suggest stuff to people with their minds and are, like, consuming and harvesting, you know, humans. Um, And that's just... It's interesting that the thing that Magnus seems to do, I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this, the thing it seems to do, it's, like, the things are scary. It's not because, like, um, they're more powerful than you or whatever they can just influence people and catch them in a situation or they're alone and then they strike and there's no way you can you know once you're alone with that thing you're you're gone there's no way of kind of fixing yeah. it unless you get lucky oh. yeah i also i have another <clears throat> thing i noticed and i don't really have a coherent thought about this but it's something i noticed that maybe you guys will have a 
answer kind of usually when people like stalk vampires and then kill them and stuff we refer to them as vampire hunters yeah. like that is the common way of referring to them right mm-hmm. yeah. and this episode is called vampire killer which seems like a I don't know, like, uh, intentional break of, like, not using Vampire Hunter. But I can't quite put my finger on why that jumped out to me. It makes sense to me if they want to make it more more gory and more real and more horrific. Because if you're just hunting the vampire, who knows? Maybe he'll be nice and you won't end up killing him. But maybe you get seduced. Yeah, with, yeah with, it's like a monster and you have to kill it, because otherwise it'll eat you. My also reading of it as well is that when we you hunt something, it is... Uh, as, as humans, we're the apex predators. We hunt first, like, substance, and, like, we hunt things that are weaker than us. Or we're more cunning than, and, and it's very much a, like, you know, I'm going out to do this, and I... 95% of the time will succeed, especially in like a modern context. Like people hunt for sport now. But killing something is like brash and it's scary and it's like survival. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But like I mean, that's that's a thing that horror does, especially like creature horror. You know, where it's like gives us something and being like, What if there was a predator? who was higher up on the food chain than us because like evolutionarily we've sort of gotten to the stage that like the only thing that can kill us is ourselves like things that we've created or our own bodies shutting down there's nothing which like actively hunts us unless we go into a situation and put ourselves in danger like walking up to a lion that's hungry you know yeah yeah so we have like a fun hunter becomes a hunted. I I hate that phrase, but you know what I mean. Mm. I also yeah. liked how they referred how Trevor referred to vampires with it because mm-hmm. it very yeah. much made the, like the connection of this is not a person. We're not romanticizing this. This is a monster, a creature, and it's gonna die. Like that was a very nice touch, I thought. So I just yeah. remembered now. Um, another interesting thing that uses vampires is I Am Legend, which is. Yeah. I yeah. Don't want to Wait, spoil there it. are vampires in I Am Legend? That's how he describes them as vampires, yeah. The movie's well, weird. Oh, okay, I've only seen the movie. And that yeah. was like when I was a child and I had nightmares about it for a week, so I don't really remember it. Yeah, the book <laughs> is very different. Looks very different. Hmm. Um, yeah. Looks good. Recommend the book. Um, it's not again. It's a. It's a using the term vampire because it's like a person describing something and they don't have the lexicon to like. This is blur. You know, I, it's something that always annoys me when they something is named something just because the author thinks it's cool, um, and there's not like a reason for it in the fiction. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the there's a monster in I Am Legend, and the only way that the the you know. The narrator can think to describe them as vampires, but they don't really do the like blood sucky, sexy thing. They're just kind of, you know, a weird horror monster. Um, yeah, I think that it brings us to the end of this section of the show. Do you guys have any final comments of uh, 
Vampire killer? I just, just want to say, like, finally, there's a character that comes up that has my name. And you can kill them immediately. Yeah. yeah. Brutally that murdered. Just, that dude just fucking red shirted from Star Wars. Like, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek, I assume you mean. Oh, yeah, Star Trek. How Shut up, I, I, Nigel. <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm Someone's coming for me you. now. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> yeah, but like oh, the USS Millennium Falcon, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. That goes to sponsorship. <laughs> I have one thing, one more thing written down. Um, mm-hmm. John says that they sent the teeth to the zoology department at King's College and that none of them match up to the, like, existing sharks. So I was wondering, like, how did that interaction go? Did the Magnus Archives just like send an envelope with teeth with a letter in it going, Hey, we yeah. find some shark teeth question mark. Do they mm-hmm. exist? And then the zoology of the bar is like, no, no fucking clue, dude. Like, can yeah. you just randomly send items to the university and go, well, hey, check this out, what's it? Well, they're technically also a research center, right? People do research at the Magnus Archives, so I guess they have connections uh, at college. Like, I feel like hmm. this isn't... which episode was it? Uh, the one with the worms, where oh, they yeah. sent the worms to like the health department or something? Or like, mm-hmm. does the health department have their own freaky corner? But I feel like this is just like Dracula University. Can you imagine if yeah. this college had like supernatural department? I think yeah, they well, do like that in me. like they do that in like crime investigations where if they find teeth they have to verify if they're human remains or not because like you know so there is like, I'm not a teeth expert um, but I think some animals oh dear <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I imagine that's just a due diligence it's like hey we we think someone you know has claimed these are shark teeth or they match any of your records. Um, that wouldn't be that unusual. But yeah. The fact that they don't match anything, that would probably be unusual. I imagine times and like, nope. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that probably got some follow-up questions. Like, where did you get these teeth? What are they from? Like, some weird dude left them behind. Claims they're vampires. (laughs) Well, maybe if they come from the Magnus Institute, then everyone's already like, "Mm, I don't want to know. Are they the same teeth that was in... Yeah, this is the second teeth nonsense in the show. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got the trash man thing with the teeth. Yeah. yeah. Freaky. Anyways, I think that is everything we have to talk about in this pre-spoiler chat. Uh, any... I know I asked before, but going once, going twice, are we all good? Can good. we just, like, acknowledge the fact that John is, like, Trevor straight up fucking dies... After. Yeah, Trevor does die at the end of this. Yeah, John doesn't care. Just in the break room. I but feel like it, that uh, must have been pretty traumatizing to whoever Find a dead body on your couch? Yeah. Yeah, well, because they say it was Martin. Yeah, Martin yeah. <laughs> was there. <laughs> yeah, this is, so it's 2010 this statement is given. So the statement's given, what is it, the 10th of July 2010, and the record, this episode is assumingly uh, recorded 
on the 13th of April. Jesus, that's that's close to today. Um, Wait, which year? Yeah. Like 2019? 2010. 2016. Oh, 16. The, the yeah. statement is from 2010. Yeah. And John yeah. reading it was in 2016. Yeah. So 20, just under six years later. Um, which gives us some more context about Martian. So Martian obviously has worked in the Institute for a lot longer than John. Um, I wonder if this is like, you know, when you've worked when you work at a place and it's like break room when you talk about the weird stuff that's happened in your day. I wonder if sometimes Martin goes like, Hey guys, remember the dude that just died in the break room? That was weird, right? Yeah, that'd be... That'd be freaky-deaky. And then yeah. they just never bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> oh, boy. You gotta repress that shit. Anyway, Hannah, do you want to try and send us back to the spoiler chat once again? Are you getting guys going to the spoiler zone? Yes. Right, I'm going to go think of my casting for um, Mr. Trevor. We already, ha we already had one. For I Trevor? Yeah, we had... I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I think Nigel oh, sent it in. Himesh Patel. We have to... Ah, we have, we'll do that afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying, that's the one we already There's decided <laughs> a while ago. Yeah. I'll, I'll look for the chat to see if I can find that. Uh... Yeah, screw it's, it's like a picture, it's like three pictures that Nigel sent, and the lowest oh, no, one he's too, is... He's too young. Uh, he's too, way too young. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. You can think of someone yeah. else. Anyway, yeah. Alright. Spoiler okay. time. Skip ahead to 5928 if you wish to avoid series spoilers. Really I don't really have a lot to talk about, I think. It's, it's funny that I always thought it was weird that Trevor isn't dead. You know, how did he die and then not die? What's up yeah. with that? I don't understand yeah, what happened there. Because, like, he shows up again later, right, with Julia yeah. Montauk? Yes! But they yes. never really go, like, oh yeah, the thing in the archives, that was just no. the prank. And it's you can imagine, like, how? Because if somebody dies at, like, a place of work, I mean, I'm assuming whoever found him called, like, an ambulance? You yeah. Know? And then, right? did nobody, how? <laughs> How did, how did nobody notice that he wasn't actually dead? I mean... That's a really good... I was gonna say, like, maybe... Like, afterwards, right? Like, he... It didn't really matter if he came back to life. There was, like, a statement of death because he was homeless anyway, and I assume he doesn't really use anything that he needs to, like, prove that he's alive. Mm. But yeah, how did they not realize he isn't dead? Yeah, because like, like, even if it's, you know, one of those things where you get a stroke and then wake up again ten minutes later, even, he still must have, like, walked out of the morgue or whatever they put him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, the way I'm imagining it, he's going to take a nap in the break room, and either he has a fit there or he dies in his sleep. But then someone must have called an ambulance, and they must have checked, or and then taken him away, and then somehow between there and the hospital or the morgue, he suddenly wasn't dead anymore, and he left. 
Unless it's... I don't know how this would work, but what if... What if Elias has something to do with it? Because, like, Elias knows the statesman's right? He can listen in and see whatever yeah, is going yeah, on. Yeah. So he knows Trevor is doing statement about vampires. Trevor presumably dies, gets taken away by an ambulance, and then somehow Elias manages to fuck around and get him out of there. But then what's the reason? Why are we the Elias? Why? That? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really make sense for him to do that. This is another good question for the... Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at Johnny Sims, how the fuck did Trevor yeah. survive? Like, yeah, because he's like, he expects to die, but then like, I like I, it makes no sense. His like, whole lung to... cancer story doesn't make sense. He says he has lung cancer, which has he ever gone to a hospital to get checked because he has no, like. Can you just, I guess you can just walk into a hospital and get checked, but he's a homeless person, would he do that? So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe the whole lung cancer thing was just a lie. But then he still got... So he still died in the break room, because that's what yeah. happened in and the archives. He seems so convinced of his story, too, and then in the next statement he shows up, he's like, oh, I survived, but it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Like, he, like, he could just be kept alive by the hunt or something. Yeah, that's... You know, just, like, prolonging his lifespan. Yeah. But this is, like, more of a more of an annoying plot hole than, like, the dates surrounding the, I mean, like, three... I don't road, really dude. think it's a plot hole. Like, there's plenty of- we've talked about this before, there's plenty of stuff we don't actually get answers for that we don't really need answers for, because there's a whole world out there and we don't need to know every single aspect. So I feel yeah. this is just one of those things that's, yes, Trevor somehow came back, or survived, and we just don't get to find out why. And actually, that's pretty fine by me. <laughs> I want to know, goddammit! He's a weird, mysterious dude, right? I'm yeah. fine with just accepting that he somehow figured a way to survive or somehow kept him alive. Someone somehow kept him alive or whatever. Like, I I wouldn't say it's a plot hole, necessarily. No, 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 no. It's just, it's interesting. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I also want to know. But <laughs> Of course I want to know. But like, yeah. It's another mystery. Hmm. The, like, this is like the most because there's very little that this episode connects to. So like the whole thing is just like, how do Trevor Herbert do? Because yeah. like the state, like before he meets up with Julia, the main statement that this connects to is like the the one where he talks about killing Allard Dupont. Um, yes. Which, like they state that there's a gap in between, like that they've never been able to recover in his statement, so, like, there's a linking piece between the end of this statement uh, where after he kills the second vampire and the start of the uh, uh, Allard Dupont one that's just missing, but still, like, it doesn't really answer the whole, like, what he doing, how he do uh, yeah. query. Like, 
yeah, he ends up with um, Julia Montauk, and they have Jared Key in the catalogue of the Trap Dead, and you know, like the whole monster hunting thing in America. But there's very little in this episode, if you know what I mean. Yeah, this it all it feels like it's a bunch of random information about this really, really, really strange guy, and you just you know that there's more to it. And that there's more story to come. But it's just like, here's a bunch of weird random shit. (laughs) Have fun figuring it out. I am glad that we got more, though. Even if it isn't exactly, like, logical stuff. But Trevor is such an interesting character. Mm -hmm. It would have been a shame if it was just his episode and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like him, too. Yeah, because, like, the vampires never, ever come back up again, because, like, Trevor's next statement, it's about Allard Dupont, who he, like, goes to great pains to tell us was not a vampire in this episode, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't they come up at some point? What what weird statement was that? Where they're, like, in the, in the rainforest somewhere looking for something, and then there's a whole thing with... Oh, bloodbag. Yeah, and there's the and a thing with an Antarctica expedition as well, a lost expedition, and I think there's vampires. I vaguely that. remember that. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, because it's the only thing I would associate the vampires with is like the the dark, the bad fear, but it's they don't really fit all that well, do they? I well, feel they, they like. I feel like the vampires are just like a separate thing. Like, yeah, sure, there's the entities, and they are based on fear, but the vampires don't really seem to work on fear, they just hunt and drink people to death. So I feel like they're just a random monster going around in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I, I tried placing them, but I, I had lots of trouble. They don't really fit. Which but is it, weird. It, like it's not a it's not a statement like number five where it's sort of like, eh, like Johnny didn't know what he was doing. This one's just like the vampires are weird and don't really go anywhere. Yeah. Which is interesting too that they, I mean, at this point you don't know yet that they don't fit. Because yeah. you don't have the overall picture yet. So it's a bit of a red herring, and a, it's also just logical that there's stuff in the world that isn't the fears. That they're just really weird creatures that we do not know out there. Yeah. Is there... crazy, yo. Hmm. Is there anything else for the spoiler chat? Not really, because like this, like, like we said, this episode just doesn't really go anywhere on its own. Like Trevor goes places, but nothing from this episode indicates anything that that comes later. No. Yeah, let's let's bring let's bring Hannah back. All right. Ceaseless watcher, turn your gaze on these poor unfortunate souls. The fuck? <laughs> okay, 
So when you guys were, uh, did you have a nice spoiler chat firstly before I, I start on this oh, crazy? Oh, lovely, yeah, lovely spoiler chat. Great. Okay. Okay. So I need to do some maths before I do uh, my cast, my my uncanny valley ing for the evening. Maths not allowed. Oh no. So okay. We're okay in here with math isn't allowed. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So. <sighs> Trevor, we need a few different Trevors to cast, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because yes. so Trevor is so Trevor is born so in 1959 when he kills the first vampire, he's 16, right? Yeah. So that means Ish. he's born yeah. in 1943, and by 2010 he's 67 when he dies. 67. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to yeah. say yes, because I can't count. And I'm going to assume what you say is correct. I don't know enough yeah, about gonna, I'm going to, I'm not so going to, like... Yeah, I'm not going to count to make sure you're right. I'm just going to believe We you. trust you, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... You do comp for... size, so... You know how to count. <laughs> I do computer science. So, for older Trevor, so the Trevor who's giving the statement, so the narrator of the story, I suggest we cast Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> Oh yes, yes, I like it a lot. I I um, figured yeah. he'd have like a more squarish face, but that I yeah, I can live with that. See, Chris Eccleston oh. has is from Manchester, and the the Mancunian accent is difficult to um, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, okay, so now I need to find someone to cast his little baby sixteen-year-old Trevor, and I panicked. Because um, <laughs> I spent a long time thinking about old Trevor. Because I was like, you know, Trevor, <laughs> who is this strange That's man? Bad. So okay. I, yes. Oh no, I'm I'm anticipating. So the one I panicked and went with was um, Dion Whitehead, who is unnamed English soldier in fucking Dunkirk. Because they look vaguely similar. And also... Yeah? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah, running yeah. for suggestions on the second one. I'm proud on the Christopher Eccleston one, though. That was a real... Um, yeah, yeah, Christopher Eccleston's real good. Yeah. What does young Christopher Eccleston look like? I'm gonna... It's in the oh. Uncanny Valley channel, Elka. No, but I mean, what oh. does the real young Christopher Eccleston look like? Oh, okay. I got names messed up. That's alright. Is this... Yeah. Uh, what do... Oh, he was hot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Well, this is un- unexpected. I feel like it shouldn't be that unexpected. He's still handsome. Yeah. 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 Oh, this shit, looks kind of right. vaguely like Fionn White- Whitehead. Oh, good casting. I'm proud of myself for that. You know, it's all Go, Hannah. Go, Hannah. They have a similar nose shape. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it works. Very right. good job, Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> I thought real hard. Um, I also thought about my spoiler predictions. Hey, um, hey oh, was that a plug I heard? <laughs> I think it was more of a segue, but it works. <laughs> um, I think that. Okay, I I. This is more, not, not really a spoiler prediction, more of a hope. I hope Trevor comes back again. I know he's dead, but I hope there's more to this statement. Because it's I don't wild. I think being dead is an issue. 
in this podcast. Oh god. Um, what else? I think there will be more vampires. And I think the whole kind of like, silver doesn't stop them and sunlight. XYZ. I think that's going to come back. Because someone is like, I don't know if Magnus ever transitions to being like a, a non-statement-based show, but I feel like there will be a situation where a creature will appear and someone will be like, that a vampire? Time to set something on fire. Um, <laughs> Just like an excuse for arson. You yeah, know. As you do, you know. Set something yeah. on fire. There are many valid reasons for arson. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah that's my prediction. That part is just one of them. Worms in your bed is another. Yeah, a lot of arson. So, yeah, I think there will be more creatures eating people. Um, uh, Trevor, uh, a.k.a. Christopher Eccleston and Fionn Whitehead making an appearance. And, um, yeah. Shrek teeth. Ooh, ah, ah. I thought it sounded like you said Shrek teeth there. Are <laughs> you Shrek teeth? <laughs> you just like you go into the house and it's all dusty and moldy and you just hear what are you doing in my swamp I'd rather have the vampires with, with fucking all star playing in the background no they don't stop coming and they won't stop coming no <laughs> okay um before we start singing uh, all star for the next hour uh I think that is the end of the show um, wait I want I want to say that I'm yeah. very excited to discuss the next episode because it's oh. such a good one. Oh yeah, I'm really excited for the next one. Oh yeah, that's an interesting one, a weird one. Oh yeah. oh, ooh. I just read the summary of that. That's interesting. Good. Yeah, it's very good. I love this episode. And you very... can listen to that in the next episode in two weeks' yeah. time. In two weeks' <laughs> time. Um. Just before we do uh, our plugs and stuff, uh, for those who haven't figured this out by our Asian memes, we record the podcast um, a good like four months before the episodes get released. Like I don't know what the the time delay works out on, but it's a chunky uh, backlog. Yeah, um, that's because we sort of like all fell off like the face of the earth come December time with Christmas and exams and stuff. As you do, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as yeah. you do. You have to um, leave the earth sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's metal. Local cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> That's metal. Elsa <laughs> um, living up to her cryptid name. You love to see it. So, <laughs> we recently only, uh, as of the recording of this episode, we recently released on, uh, you know, the show. So, I think for me and everyone, we just want to say thank you to people who have listened. Uh, by this stage, hopefully we have way more listeners. Um... And, you know, show keeps is going and people are still listening. Uh, I just want to shout out our first review we, we got on Reddit from Liquid Mirrors. Uh, thank you very much, because that, that made my day. And I think it made all of our, our day. Yes! I don't know. If, uh, sure it is. I, I totally wasn't in tears after reading it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just a, a six-month late thank you to everybody who has uh, listened to the show so far. Uh, it really means a lot, honestly. It means a lot. You're currently listening to 10 hours of this bullshit, um, which we love doing, don't get us wrong, but it is bullshit. Um, <laughs> I do yeah. not tell that. So, with that, if you want more of our bullshit, you can go follow us on at Archive Admirers on Twitter. We have a Tumblr now, um, because Nigel cannot stop making social media accounts. Um, 
I can stop whenever I want. It's okay. It's not an addiction. Okay, I can I can uh-huh. stop it whenever I want. Very um, good. If you have any uh, fun casting, uh, fun say casting couch, not that. That's a bad. If anyone nope. has any fun uh, casting <laughs> decisions or wants to give out to me for some casting decisions I've made on the show, you can email us over at uh, archiveadmirers on gmail.com. Does anybody would like to plug the stuff that they have uh, done so far? Nigel, what is going on in your Twitter at the moment? Don't ask me why I've done this voice. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at SpicyNigel where things I've recently tweeted about but because of the time delay they'll be six months old. Uh, Ernest Hemingway, Elon Musk, and Big Tesco. I've also recently gotten a TikTok, and I've gotten addicted to it. So you can follow me there, also at Spicy Nigel, where I posted a TikTok about Marvel, I posted a TikTok about Prince Philip, I posted a TikTok about my deteriorating mental state. It's good. Uh, Faust, what about yourself? Do you have anything you wish to plug? Can I plug someone else? Of course. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> I started binging Dungeons and Daddies. And I Ooh, have I, f- I legitimately have a headache right now because I've been listening Dungeons and Daddies episodes consecutively for like two days now. <laughs> so my head That's hurts from my headphones. Um, but it's such a good podcast. Um it's a it's a D&D podcast about four dads from our modern world who get thrown into the Forgotten Realms and have to go on a quest to like save their sons who got kidnapped but all of them are like kind of shitty dads so they have to the, the goal is kind of for them to learn how to be good dads but it goes off the rails really quickly um so like I started listening to this when I was sleeping at my dad's place still which is like in the center of town, and I went. I listened to the podcast while I was walking the dogs in the center of town, and it was very embarrassing because I kept lo- laughing out loud, uncontrollably, uncontrollably, and have lots of people like stare at me. Um, so yeah, just listen to that podcast, but maybe not in public. <laughs> Amazing. Um... Yes. Uh, Elka, uh, you have no corporeal form. Uh, no. I don't think you have any online presence. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no. I'll be impressed if you can find me. No. Yeah. 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 Catch and, her uh, behind, standing behind you in a mirror. Yeah. Oh, cool. Ooh. Ooh, no, like it's that. not in a mirror. It's um. Do you ever sometimes when you it's like a really sunny day? And you have you stand like in front of a pane of glass, and you can see like a like a ghost image of yourself in the pane <laughs> yeah. of glass, but it's like extended out past like into whatever kind of the other side of the glass. Yeah. Beside you is Elka. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry if I scared anyone. I can't help it. It just happens sometimes, you know. Um, you can find me over at Curly Comsci, which uh, at the moment I what was the last thing I tweeted? Nothing good uh, ever comes out of my Twitter. <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty amusing. A lie. Um No, my 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 shitty uh Marvel hot takes. Uh hot take Wait, we can't hear you. What is your what is your no. What is the hot <laughs> take? I can hear. Your microphone my... is censoring you. 
Um, I was doing an whisper, but uh, no. my whispering was too whispery. Um, my hot take was, Marvel has been kind of shitty ever since the first Avengers movie. Also, also Falcon and the Falcon Winter Soldier. It's pro-military, anti-globalization, anti-globalization propaganda. propaganda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally, totally don't have your uh, Twitter open right now. <laughs> also, I retweeted the um, Missy Elliott uh, VMA 2019 VMA's performance because that video is um, the best video on the internet. And I'm just posting it there now so if anybody wants to watch it. And yes, uh, wonderful. I think that's us done. We're only uh, an hour and 20 minutes recording, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 35 minutes of I think it's an hour and... Show. I think it's like an hour and five, actually, because we started doing the podcast for real at 8.36. Amazing! Because that's when I went like, oh, wait, it's already 36 minutes after eight. We should maybe focus. We might actually get this episode under an hour. Mm. Um, Amazing. Amazing. Okay, let's stop now. (laughs) That's us done. I'm going to go watch Reeling in the Years, a.k.a. the best show on television. Uh, Only the real ones know. Only the real ones know. (laughs) Um, We'll see you guys in two weeks' time for episode 11. Fuck. Episode 7? What? Um, Episode (laughs) 7-11. Let's record it at a 7-11. Wait, is 7-11 a thing in, like, Europe? Or is it an American thing? No, it's only America. Oh, that sucks. And Japan. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Right. I think that is us done. We will see you guys next time. Thank you again for listening. Yeah. Bye. Uh, Go kill a vampire. Don't kill a vampire. No, do kill vampires. Do kill vampires. Except if they're (laughs) sexy. Don't kill actual people, though. (laughs) Be very sure before you kill anyone. Legally, we have to say. Legally, we have to say don't kill people. But if Uh, the vampire is sexy. Maybe consider like, you know, joining. Yeah. In the words, in the words of uh, our greatest um, modern day uh, writers, and uh, great advice for va- dealing with vampires in general: just kiss, kiss, fall in love. Um... <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs>